0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lentz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 25 called, He Will Swallow Up Death for All.
1: Well, Father, we are grateful that your sheep are hungry for the food of the shepherd. And you are the one who nourishes our souls with the bread of God. You are the bread of God come down from heaven to satisfy the deepest longings of our hearts. But you've also breathed out your word. It is divinely inspired and profitable. It is the heart of God on paper that we can see, receive, and it strengthens the life of the believer. It is literally breathed out by God. So breathe your word into us, Lord. As we sang tonight, Word of God, speak. Help us to have ears to hear what your Spirit says. But more than that, Lord, help us to have hearts to obey what you say as well. We confess collectively tonight that our spirit is willing, our flesh is often weak. We are human. We are always wrestling with this spiritual battle between the flesh and the spirit. But tonight as we want the spirit, the inner man to be fed, we pray that the the flesh would just die, Father. That it would just be pushed out as your spirit breathes life into us again. We just pray that you'll strengthen us for the tasks that you have for us and that we would bring you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Isaiah 25. Now, We saw, in the midst of a very difficult chapter, a glimmer of light come as voices in the midst of judgment begin to reign. The city of chaos is being talked about in verse 10 of Isaiah 24. The word chaos I mentioned to you is a Hebrew word connecting to Genesis 1-2, which ties to the idea of being being without form and void. It's the idea of meaninglessness that which causes chaos. The city of chaos, in verse 10, Isaiah 24, is broken down. Every house is shut up so that none may enter. There is an outcry in the streets concerning the wine. All joy turns to gloom. The gaiety of the earth is banished. And so this this judgment is being spoken, and the trees, the olive tree is pictured in verse 13, is being shaken, gleaned. And then voices rise. This is Isaiah twenty four fourteen. They shout for joy. They cry out from the west concerning the majesty of the Lord. The Lord is the one judging. These ones are celebrating His judgment. Therefore glorify, Isaiah 24, 15, the Lord in the east, the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, in the coastlands of the sea. From the ends of the earth we hear songs. Glory, glory, Now, in verse 1 of chapter 25, this theme of rejoicing continues. Here's what it says O Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee, Isaiah 25, 1. I will give thanks to thy name, for thou hast worked wonders, plans formed long ago. Notice this, Bible students, with perfect faithfulness. If you have an NIV, it says, Oh Lord, you are my God. Verse 1, I will exalt you and praise your name for in perfect faithfulness you have done marvelous things, things planned long ago. And I told you that as we led into chapter 24, what we have is a last days, what we call an eschatological picture of the Lord arriving and judging the world. And there are two groups of people one represented by the city of man, the city of chaos, one represented by the city of God. The two groups are responding totally differently to the arrival of the king. One group is trying to look for wine and strong drink to shut the door and hide from the presence of the the one who sits on the throne and from the lamb. And we see in Revelation chapter 6 that that's indeed the case. That when God arrives, when the world is about to be judged, the world knows exactly what's happening and they want to be hidden from the face of the Lamb. They are looking for rocks to fall on them. They know exactly that it is the day of His judgment. The great day of His wrath has come, Revelation 6.17, and who is able to stand? That's what they cry out. But there are other voices at this time, and this is the time of the seventh seal, that are rejoicing. They are saying Maranatha, they are saying, come Lord Jesus. Their songs are rising at the display of the glory of the Lord. That's what the language here says. They rejoice in the majesty of God, the expression of His glory, if you will, and their songs continue to reign. Going to chapter 25, they sing, notice, thou art my God, you are my God. It reminds me of Psalm 23, when we say, the Lord, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. Tomorrow I'm going to do a memorial service for a woman that passed away at 98 years of age. And she's been a wonderful servant in the city of Corona for a long time. But she has some family members that uh, don't believe in Christianity. They believe in more of a kind of, I think, a universal gospel, if you will, or whatever you believe if you're sincere. But the interesting thing about the scripture that I'm going to preach on is that Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. You cannot claim the promises of Psalm 23 unless you can say in verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. He's the one that guides me. So notice he says, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will give thanks, verse 1, to your name. And the thanking here, uh, connected to the idea of thank offerings here, is because God has worked wonders, and this is in the context of when He comes to judge and rescue His people. Notice these are plans formed long ago, and God has executed those plans as only God can with perfect faithfulness. Go back to Isaiah 14 for a second. Look at verse 27 with me. Isaiah 14, 27. This is a theme of the Lord planning things from long ago. This is what we would call prophecy prophecy. God makes promises in advance. By the way, He doesn't have to do that, but He has. Remember, He made over 300 prophecies just concerning His Son, Jesus Christ, that were fulfilled in minute detail to show you the truthfulness of who He is and the fact that He's faithful to His promises. Isaiah 14.27 says, For the Lord of hosts has planned, and who can frustrate it? And as for His stretched out hand, who can turn it back? Go to Isaiah 22, look at verse 11 with me. Isaiah 22, verse 11. In the middle of the judgments of the nations, and in this case it's the oracle against the valley of vision that is pointing to Jerusalem itself, God says these words. Isaiah 22, 11. And you made a reservoir between the two walls for the waters of the old pool. You tried to make a way, humanly speaking, to save yourself. But you did not depend, Isaiah twenty two eleven, on him who made it, nor did you take into consideration him who planned it, notice, long ago. And then go all the way to Isaiah forty-six. This is the section, Isaiah chapter forty through forty-eight, where God is challenging false gods, asking them, can they predict the future in advance and so forth? Isaiah forty six nine. Isaiah forty-six nine. It says this, Remember the former things long past, Isaiah 46, 9. For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is no one like me. Declaring, notice, the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying, my purpose will be established. I will accomplish all my good pleasure." That's what God says. Verse 11, calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my purpose from a far country. Truly I've spoken. Truly I will bring it to pass. I have planned it and surely I will do it. All over your Bible you're going to see that God, go back to Isaiah 25, says you can take his word to the bank. And this is what is being celebrated. This is going to be one of the songs celebrated in the millennium. That God has been perfectly faithful to his promises. He is faithful and true. As a matter of fact, that's one of the descriptions of Jesus Christ, I believe, in Revelation 19. That he is faithful and true. True to his promises. Faithful to keep his word. We live in a world where a bunch of people don't keep their promises, but God does. God does make us wait sometimes. And sometimes we don't even see the fulfillment of those promises necessarily the way we would hope in this life. But God is faithful. For thou hast made this city of confusion now, I believe, is the context. Isaiah 25 2, thou hast made a city into a heap, a fortified city into ruin, into a ruin, a palace of strangers is a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. You might want to write in your margin there, Isaiah 24 10, because This could be pointing specifically to the city of chaos again. Therefore, verse 3, in light of that, a strong people in light of the destruction that God brings to the city of man will glorify thee. Cities of ruthless nations will revere, revere thee. And just write down in your margin two possibilities there. Either all the oracles against the nations in chapters 13 through 23, which we just concluded, Or specifically, it could be the singular city which encapsulates all of these nations, if you will. The Babylon uh, that's mentioned in Revelation 17, uh, 18 in there that is going to be destroyed by God representing man's attempt at self-religion, self-reliance, self-salvation, the religious political system of man. God destroys it. It's in a heap. And the response of the nations, notice, is that this so-called strong people, maybe they think they're strong, maybe they're strong on a human plane. What will they do, verse 3? They will glorify thee, and cities of ruthless nations will revere thee. Now, I'll let you wrestle with whether whether or not this is a too-late glorifying, because one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day every knee will bow. One day, every tongue will confess. So whether this is too late, whether they've realized in the rubble of destruction, His God is God type of thing. Uh, As uh, Yule Brenner said at the end of the Ten Commandments when he was done fighting God, you know, and his wife asked him, did you kill Moses? Did you kill him? And then he sits down on the throne and says, His God is God.
0: Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Our station in the Bay Area is up for renewal.
1: If you're resonating with this ministry and you have a heart to see it expand, we would love to hear from you to know that it's making an impact, that you're praying for us, and that you're wanting to support and partner in the work that's
0: being done there. The price per year is $3,500. Would you please help us reach that goal before the end of the month? If 70 people give $50, we'll reach that goal.
1: It will help us not only to meet the radio airtime costs there, but also help us expand.
0: Please donate at walkintruth.com and click Donate. And then on Kept FM.
1: And help support the broadcast as it goes out into your area.
0: Once again, you can donate at walkintruth.com. Click Donate and then click on Kept FM. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We love you. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of
1: Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living
0: Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. The response
1: of the nations, notice, is that this so-called strong people, maybe they think they're strong, maybe they're strong on a human plane, what will they do, verse 3? They will glorify thee, and cities of ruthless nations will revere thee. Now, I'll let you wrestle with whether or not this is a too-late glorifying, because one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day every knee will bow. One day every tongue will confess. So whether this is too late, whether they've realized in the rubble of destruction, His God is God type of thing... uh, as uh, Yule Brenner said at the end of the Ten Commandments when he was done fighting God, you know, and he's, his wife asked him, did you kill Moses? Did you kill him? And then he sits down on the throne and says, his God is God. I don't know if that's what we're dealing with here, but it may be something like that. Now the, the refrain is taken up again by those rejoicing in the Lord, verse 4. For thou has been a defense, if you have a New King James, it says, Strength for the helpless. This is a description of the faithfulness of our God. You are the strength of the helpless, a defense for the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat. For the breath of the ruthless is like a rainstorm against a wall. God is a defense to the helpless, but he does want us to be his hands and his feet. I was listening to KKLA's radio program by Frank, hosted by Frank Pastor, and he's talking about all the needy kids around the world, all those kids that are starving. And, and uh, he was telling a story about um, these guys represented, uh, I think, Feed the Children. And he was telling a story about a mom who was literally taking mud and baking it because they had nothing left to feed the children. And though it was risky to their health, at least it would put a sense of fullness in their bellies. Well, God, notice, is a defense for the helpless. He does want us to have a heart for the needy. He's a defense to the needy in his distress. This is pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father, to help widows and orphans in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. That's what God wants of us. He is a refuge from the storm. A refuge is... um, Something that expresses a hiding place. It is a place to run into. It is a place of safety. It is a place of strength or a fortress. It expresses the idea of available security. It is a place at hand to turn to, to run to. That's what God says He is. He is a refuge from the storm. He is a strength in our lives. Now we can decide in the time of struggle, in the time of distress, to run to Him or to run to other things. But if we run to him, he will be a refuge in the storm. All these beautiful descriptions of God, a defense, a defense, a refuge, a shade from the heat. Uh, the breath of the ruthless beat against the wall, but that wall's not gonna fall if God is in your life. Like heat in drought, thou dost subdue the uproar of aliens. So when you're in a drought time, of course, that's, a terrible time. And then if more heat comes, it's even worse. Well, that's what God is like to those who are in uproar against him. Like heat by the shadow of a cloud, the song of the ruthless is silence. God will deal with them. God will deal with those who are ruthless, those who have no mercy uh, those who have killed those who have brought the word of God to them, the promises of Jesus Christ. God will deal with those who have been ruthless. And the Lord of hosts, here back to our rejoicing now, will prepare for those who know him, and you've got to love this, a lavish banquet. For all peoples, I want you to see the idea of all here, speaks of every tribe, tongue, nation, and people, not just Israel, but all peoples, God will prepare this lavish banquet on this mountain, speaking of Mount Zion, the New Jerusalem. It's going to be a banquet of aged wine, choice pieces with marrow, and refined aged wine. Verse 6, NIV reads, On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, And the finest of wines. Now when God does a party, he does it the right way. And when we're on Mount Zion in the New Jerusalem, don't think that heaven is going to be boring. Someone put it this way. Don't think that heaven is going to be like a Baptist wedding. I'm sorry if you're... Where there's a bunch of people in three-piece suits, standing with water cups, looking very proper. Heaven is going to be more like an Italian wedding. Music playing, people rejoicing, because heaven is, this new Jerusalem, this millennial city is a place to celebrate. And I want you to see, Bible students, and I'll let you wrestle with this, there is what sitting on the table? Aged wine and choice meats. Amen? And all the meat lovers said, amen! Right? Not just... 31 flavors or 311 flavors of ice cream that don't make you fat, but but meat and good things to eat and all that stuff. Turn to the book of Luke. Here's what Jesus said about that day. Luke 22, all the way in your New Testament. Matthew, Mark, well, you guys should know where Luke is. We're on, there on Sunday morning, right? Luke 22. So Jesus is getting ready to die. He's having the Last Supper with his apostles. Luke 24, excuse me, twenty two fourteen. 14. Everything had been prepared for the Passover, verse 13. They were in the upper room. And when the hour had come, Luke twenty two fourteen, 14, he reclined, Jesus reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, 16. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. I will never again eat what? The Passover.
0: You've been listening to He Will Swallow Up Death for All, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 25. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you download our free Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with pillars. With our app, you can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the church behind Walk in Truth. It's where Michael Lance serves as senior pastor. And if you're local to Southern California, the app gives you updates and information about upcoming Bible studies, free events and services, both for you and your kids. If you live outside Southern California, you can still benefit from the Living Truth app. You can listen or watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings, and you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app in your App Store. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go.
1: Isaiah 25 has really become one of the most precious uh, chapters to me uh, in my life. And, uh, you know, it, w- it was a chapter that, as I was going through the book of Isaiah for one of the first times, I came across this incredible section. About the Lord, uh, dealing with death and eliminating death for all time. You know, sometimes we think, when we think about death being defeated, we think of 1 Corinthians 15 or Revelation 21. But way back in the book of Isaiah, the Lord said that he was going to prepare a lavish banquet on his holy mountain and that he would swallow up death for all time and that he would wipe away tears from our eyes and it will be said in that day, behold, this is our God for whom we have waited that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. I've I've left that uh, scripture, Isaiah 25, especially verses 6 through 9, uh, shared that scripture with others who were going through some tough times of um, grieving. Uh, but it, it is a passage that I would encourage you as we go through it together to just sit in for a while because it is so beautiful and so encouraging and has so much to speak to us, especially thinking about what we've been through in the last couple of years. And some of you have been through great loss and great difficulty and great challenges. And this incredible scene in Isaiah 25 of a lavish banquet where death and tears and disease will be no more. Is so beautiful, set way back, somewhere around 700 BC in the Book of Isaiah. Just a gem, and I I pray an encouragement for you as you go through Isaiah with us. Well, as things are beginning to loosen up here uh, around the country with uh, COVID stuff, I pray you're getting back into fellowship with other believers, if at all possible. Uh, if you don't have any, you know, significant health issues. And you can make it into fellowship. I encourage you to do so, to get back into that community, to be built up in your faith, to be using your spiritual gifts, uh, to be plugged in uh, to the one another commands, 59 of them in the New Testament alone. And so I just want to encourage you to get back to church. And hey, if you are looking for a church and you're anywhere near the Inland Empire, I have the privilege of pastoring Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, right off the 91 and the 15 freeway, kind of right in there. And uh, right now we're going through the incredible book of Exodus on Sunday morning. So powerful. And uh, we'd love for you to join us, 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., here at Living Truth. You can find out information and driving directions and all you need to know at walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab, walkintruth.com. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow for more in Isaiah 25. He will swallow up death for all time. Amen and amen. We'll see you then.
0: Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. Our station in the Bay Area is up for renewal, and that price per year is $3,500. Would you please help us reach that goal before the end of the month? If only 70 people will give $50, we'll reach that goal. Please donate at walkintruth.com and click Donate. And then on Kept FM. Once again, you can donate at walkintruth.com, click donate, and then click on Kept FM. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 25 called, He will Swallow Up Death for All. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.